From Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. One of the stars of the NFL has his name in lights, but he wants the sign to be moved to another city. The question is, what do you do when the player that wants to be paid is at a position you're simply not supposed to play? pay players to play? It's not an easy answer. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. And this all comes from Chargers running back Austin Eckler, who spoke out on uh, his frustrations with his current uh, contract situation. Obviously, with the Chargers, we reported a few days ago that he has received permission to seek a trade. He was on green light with Chris Long and said this about what he's trying to accomplish. I feel like there's no timeline on yeah. it. Like, yeah. look, man, like I'm, I'm so underpaid right now yeah. as far as my contract and what I contribute to the team. It's like I am, I am relentlessly pursuing this like yeah. I, I want to get something long term done I want a team that wants me long term yeah right because look I, I'm at the peak of my game right like yeah. I'm I'm gonna score you another 20 touchdowns as long as I'm healthy I'm gonna score you 20 touchdowns I'm gonna have you know another 1600 all-purpose yards yeah right I'm getting half my value of what I could be getting right now he's 28 years old going into the season he will be 28 years old with the salary cap number of 7.75 million dollars but no money guaranteed no roster bonus very little prorated bonus i mean uh, this is a he is right harry he's making far less than market value so that's where we bring in harry douglas to make us all smarter because what do we learn all the time that sometimes if you want answers to big questions all you got to do is ask coach when we need to get inside the game i know this whole game inside now we ask coach coach hey coach on fitz and harry all right, Harry, we've given you an assignment Yes. to rank the top five running backs looking to get paid. And this, this, is, this is a laundry list. There are some talented – I don't know how you figure out who deserves to get paid and how you do this, Harry. It's why you're coach and why I'm just coach's personal assistant to the regional manager here. Okay, so can I ask a question first? Yes. I'm ranking them or can I just give you top five guys who I think deserves to get paid? Well, I guess. Oh, you, you want me to rank them, or you want me to just give you a list of guys? Well, we probably should have workshop this before we came on the air. I uh, number I, five. I, there we go. They're saying you're ranking five to one. <laughs> number I, <okay>. five. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna go Austin Eckler at number five. Okay. Uh, you talk about a guy who had over 100 receptions receiving. Um, about let me see, a few yards shy of a thousand yards rushing. Now, what I would say to Austin Eckler, because I know he wants to get paid, you got to understand how everyone is viewing the running back position right now. But he has been a safety net for Justin Herbert, and rightfully so. The Chargers have gave uh, him permission and his team permission to seek a trade. Now, here's my only question. If you don't get that trade, what are you going to do when you go back? Are you going to hold out? Are you going to play? Because if you hold out, I'm pretty sure they can just – now you're giving another guy an opportunity – 
to showcase what they can do. I don't think you want to do that if you're Austin Eckler. So I have him at, my, at number five. Yeah, and to your point, by the way, last year, 915 yards rushing. Second year, he was over 900 yards rushing. To your point, last year, 722 yards receiving. So I'm not necessarily great at math, but that's around 1,650 all-purpose yards. Uh, that's a lot of yards. 13 touchdowns rushing last year, five receiving. 18 touchdowns are a lot of touchdowns. So his production does absolutely say pay me however uh, there is still 28 year old running back mm-hmm. so that's that's tricky all right uh, who do you got next number four number four i'm going to go with tony pollard of the dallas cowboys now he's a guy who got hurt in the playoff game against the san francisco 49ers but we've seen him as uh, emerge as the number one back in dallas what he means to the return game, the pass game, and also the run game is very, very valuable. So I'm looking forward to Tony Pollard having a solid year and actually getting the payday that he deserves. Yeah, also over 1,000 yards rushing last year. Average 5.2 yards a carry and then 371 yards receiving on 55 targets, 39 catches. So a huge part of their offense. Uh, and again, what, uh, 12 touchdowns. Uh, it'll be interesting to see because – Anybody could go out and get Tony Pollard right now. The question is, who wants him? So, you know, frankly, he's only 25. Uh, he, he, uh, he'll he turn 26 uh, in uh, in April. So right now uh, he is 24 or yeah, he's 25 years old. He's still young. So, I, I again, I see what you're saying here. What do you got next on your list? Number three. Number three, I'm going to go with Josh Jacobs. Of the Las Vegas Raiders, a guy who led the NFL in rushing last year, but he's not a one-trick pony. I think it's it, there's a there's a it's a theme going on with all these running backs that I'm talking about. All these guys can do a multiplicity of different things, and Josh Jacobs was that had 400 yards receiving for the Las Vegas Raiders last year. He's a guy when he was at Alabama that I was very very high on. We know his backstory. He used to sleep in a car. Now he's able to provide for his family. He's under the franchise tag. But following this this season coming up. He's probably going to be looking to get a big payday from the running back position. Yeah, and uh, 1,600 yards last year, career high. I love that you mentioned the 400 receiving yards. He had 53 catches. The year before, he had 54. That's significant because that was something early on in his career he knew he had to work on in his game, and he did. So the one hole some people thought was his ability as a pass-catching back, he's absolutely answered that question. And by the way, not only did he put up 1,653 yards last year, he did it averaging just under five yards a carry. So uh, there was a drastic and noticeable difference in the running game when Josh Jacobs was in versus when he wasn't in. If there's any running back out there that I feel like needs to get paid, it's Josh Jacobs. I just don't trust the Raiders or any organization to pay a 25-year-old running back that, frankly, still deserves it. All right, what's next on your list? Number two. All all the way up to number two. Yeah, I'm going to go with Saquon Barkley. Okay. I, I don't think there was a guy in the NFL from the running back position outside of Derrick Henry I would say Derrick Henry and also Nick Chubb, right, where a defense knew 1,000% that that guy was going to get the ball, and there was nothing they can do about it. You talk about a guy who was fourth in rushing in the National Football League, but another dynamic player because he can do it on returns. If they decide to put him back there on kickoff return, he also can do it. Uh, coming out the backfield, running eight choice routes, choice routes, and giving the quarterback a two-way go to throw the football to him. We've seen him a few years ago on a go route versus Marshawn Lattimore, catching a, a, a deep pass and taking it the distance. So Saquon Barkley is number two on my list. Yeah, and again, I think we almost need to start looking at these guys in combined yards instead of just in rushing yards, but to do 1,312 yards on 4.4 yards a carry, 
Uh, still pretty dominant. Devin is our resident uh, Giants fan. Uh, Devin Saquon, second on this list. Uh, you you good with paying Saquon? I'm good with paying Josh Jacobs. Are you good with paying Saquon? Part of me is like, man, paying running backs, you just never know what's going to happen. Look at what happened to Zika Elliott, right? He's not going to be playing with the Cowboys. It's just, it's very, I, I love Saquon, and if they paid him, yes, ultimately be like, all right, I think that's a good decision. But you just never know with running backs, especially with a guy who's been hurt you know, a couple years in the league. We're all conditioned to it. It's the right mindset. I just feel icky about it. That is the uh, Icky Woods, uh, famous UNLV alum also, <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, UNLV alum. All right, let's go. You've got. There's only one left at the top of the list. Number one. I'm going to go with Jonathan Taylor. I love the skill set of JT. Um, he was a little banged up last year, only played 11 games, but in those 11 games had 861 yards and four touchdowns. Now, the year prior, he led the league in rushing with over 1,800 yards and 18 touchdowns. Uh, his rookie season was phenomenal. I think moving forward, he's going to be a massive threat to this offense, for this offense, especially the way that Shane Steichen loves to use the running back. We've seen what Miles Sanders did in his offense last year. So Jonathan Taylor is number one on my list. Yeah, and, and one of the surprising things – I love your list, by the way. Uh, one of the surprising things here was his drop-off in yards per carry because, frankly, the Indianapolis Colts uh, – the, the Indianapolis Colts offensive line last year was hot oh, garbage. I mean, and, and it, it, there's it no good explanation. Ridiculous. I don't understand how you go from being one of the not only well best regarded but also best paid offensive lines to suddenly it's just not good, right, Harry? And like that was yeah. so for Jonathan Taylor to still put up four point five yards of carry behind an offensive line that suddenly forgot how to block, it's pretty substantial. Yeah, and you also look at the quarterback position not really being a help for him uh with the Colts last season because of the turnover. So now your possessions start to dwindle as well as an offense for the Colts. So I'm looking forward to Jonathan Taylor really, really having a big 2023 season and the offensive line being definitely better than they were a year ago. And that's that's uh, Coach's list here as Harry's given us a list of five running backs that deserve to get paid. And I just keep thinking about what makes the running back position different. Like There can be some conversation about do you pay top dollar for certain wide receivers? If you have the best of the best, you pay top dollar. Otherwise, you replace them in the draft. With the running back, it doesn't feel like you do that. Like It just doesn't feel like any of these guys get paid. You know what's going to help Jonathan Taylor also this year? If the Colts decide to get a Lamar Jackson, a Anthony Richardson, a Will Levis, one of these quarterbacks that you know can run the football as well. We've seen Jalen Hurts do it in this offensive system a year ago. Now, if you get one of these quarterbacks that can do the same thing, that's going to help the run game tremendously. Trust me. Yeah, by the way, we were mentioning Icky Woods a moment ago. That's because I have UNLV on the mind. Not just because Vegas is the host of one of the sites of the Sweet 16, Madison Square Garden being the other host, hit me up, MSG, but also because Larry Johnson, UNLV's most famous uh, basketball alum, will join us in about 20 minutes. So we'll uh, we'll we'll go over everything you could. It's going to be the best interview we've ever done in history because I'm going to go full Chris Farley the entire time. Uh, that's coming up in about 20 minutes. In the meantime, we found out yesterday what happened when you ask one coach about an off-field issue with his team, and it can be powerful. You'll hear about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. This is Fitz and Harry. 
Andrew Wiley, Commander's offensive tackle. Andrew, A, thanks for the time. B, I, you see, I'm just going to come right out and be you know an adult here and just tell you I'm sorry. You played for the Chiefs for many years. I have a Raiders tattoo. I just want to say sorry for anything I might have said uh, several times because you've spent the last several years kicking my favorite team's butt all over the field. So, you know, I, I'm sorry. Hey, it's all good, man. I'm just, yeah, I could, I'm a little sorry for you. You got to show off a Raiders tattoo. <laughs> Oh, man. Perfect just, reply. Just, just, just like that. Just like that. All right. When you were the head coach of a prominent program, your words are analyzed. They're overanalyzed. Everything you say has meaning. So when you're Nick Saban, that's magnified, especially when some of your words can be viewed as shade towards one of your co-workers at Alabama. It's Fitz and Harry at ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz were presented by Progressive Insurance. Don't forget O'Reilly Auto Parts Power Torque Tools DIY Day Sale is going on now. Save on hand tools, power tools, and more. Shop in store or online at O'ReillyAuto.com. Everybody behind the glass, very impressed that I read that. Like, that was, I don't know why y'all put that on the screen, thinking that I was going to be able to do that, but uh, I'm quite, quite pleased with myself. See? Because words matter. I got to read some words. They matter. Uh, I say that, uh, and, and now we're going to be very clear, Harry, before we have any of the conversation about what we're going to talk about. I want to make sure that everybody understands that no two situations are the same. And that when we talk about Alabama, for example, and when we talk about uh, the fact that uh, an Alabama recruit, uh, defensive back Tony Mitchell, uh, has been suspended from the team. He was allegedly driving 141 miles per hour as he attempted to flee police in Florida last week before being arrested, according to an arrest uh, report obtained by AL.com. Uh, he he had somebody else in his vehicle. They were arrested and charged with possession of marijuana with the intent to sell and or deliver. He was also charged with carrying a concealed firearm without a permit. That issue is far different than any issue that has been discussed around Alabama basketball player Brandon Miller and his involvement or him bringing a gun to uh, a teammate in what has become a huge investigation around a murder. I just want to be clear for both of us, Harry. That we are not comparing these two issues at all in any way, in any shape or form. They are two wildly different issues themselves, correct? Yes. Okay. Now that we've gotten that out of the way before anybody tweets us, coaches and what they say matters, right? Because Nate Oates initially defended Brandon Miller saying, this was a quote, that he was at the quote, wrong spot at the wrong time. Well, why is that significant? That's significant because Nick Saban said this when responding to to suspending Tony Mitchell at his press conference. Tony Mitchell has been suspended from the team on all team activities until we gather more information about the situation and what his legal circumstance is. And, um, you know, I mean, guys, everybody's got an opportunity to make choices and decisions. There's no such thing in being at the wrong place at the wrong time. You got to be responsible for who you're with, who you're around, and what you do, who you associate yourself with, and uh, the situations that you put yourself in. So um, it is what it is, but uh, there is, you know, cause and effect when you make, you know, choices and decisions that uh, put you in bad situations. Ooh, I, 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 like, I like the part that he says that, you know, these guys are in charge of who, are the, who, who they're around, who they associate themselves with, because I think a lot of people actually miss that. Like, not just from Nick Saban saying it, 
but from people telling them throughout life, right? And that's one of the things, Fitz, that my father always preached to, to me and my brother. Don't let anybody just get in your car. Don't, because you, you never know what other people may be into. So it, strong, strong message from, from head coach Nick Saban. Also, I think the simple point that Nate Oates saying wrong place at the wrong time, I think the wording could have been different in saying that. Because we got to remember, like, it is a young lady who lost her life in this whole ordeal. But I just think that's, that's where I stand on it. I think Nick Saban rarely speaks without absolute intention. So yes. for him to say there's no such thing as wrong place, wrong time, is sending a message. Now, we all know that Nick Saban's not sending a message to us, right? Nick Saban sends messages to his players. When he's standing at the podium, he said he's, spending, he's sending messages to his team, to the people that are in the program, to what their standard will be. So when he says there's no such thing as wrong place, wrong time at the podium. He's not saying that to me and you, and I don't think he's actually saying that to throw shade necessarily directly at Nate Oates, the head basketball coach. I think he's saying that to tell his players, mm-hmm. I don't care what else has happened at this school. I don't care what else has happened for other athletes. I don't care what other coaches do under their watch. Under my watch, there's no such thing as wrong place, Wrong time. Under my watch, you're always responsible for where you are. Under my watch, you will always be held accountable for what happens because you put yourself in that situation. He is saying that very, very clearly. I think that is a message to every single person that's in his locker room about what he expects, no matter what else is happening for any other athlete that is also an Alabama student. Yeah, because it's no secret. Like everything that's going on in Alabama recently has put a bad light over the pro, uh, over the athletic program right and even if you know you don't play basketball if you don't play football everyone is under the same umbrella so everyone is going to catch that heat because if you're an athletic department and you fall under that well guess what football and basketball falls un- un- under that as well right and for tony mitchell to be driving 141 miles per hour fits how crazy is that though like to drive 141 miles per hour but in 2023, to think that you're going to get away from police, in which you have helicopters in the air probably, that can see you every move and where you're going. It, it speaks to a lack of understanding to what's on the line, a lack of understanding. A lack of awareness as yep. well. Uh, and to the attention that you get when you're, when you're playing at, at Bama, to, to all of it, you know, the number of bad decisions. And that's why I think it's important. The, the, the full quote here, everybody has the opportunity to make choices and decisions. There's no such thing as being in the wrong place at the wrong time. You've got to be responsible for who you're with, who you're around, and what you do. I mean, if, if that is the line in the sand, it is impossible not to look at what Tony Mitchell did and say, well, he failed all of those. You know, uh, he, there's, there's absolutely he made the wrong choices. He made the wrong decisions. Uh, he was in that situation because he put himself in that re- situation he's responsible for. It. That's, what it, that's what Nick Saban is telling you. And that, that to me, man, that's not an accidental message. Like that, that from coach, that's a strong message. And, and I will say this, Fitz. It's, is, it, is it hard sometimes from guys to come from – uh, a situation and, you know, tell everyone that they're used to hanging with that, you know, I, I'm on, a, I'm on, a, I'm, I'm turning over my life. I'm, I'm, I'm on something different nowadays and I want to move forward. Is it hard? Yes, it is. But at the end of the day, if you want, want what's best for your life. See, I learned early on, if you have to lose friends to become a better man, you better not ever feel sorry about it because sometimes it's like that. You have to lose – if you have to lose a friend to become a better man or a better woman in life, 
then you better flip that switch instantly. The other interesting part about that is it's hard not to know, as we do, that programs exist, people exist. There are there are safety guards in place at schools like Alabama to help you keep your life in line. There, there are so many people you can call and so many people that will help you that are part of the football program. All you have to do is take advantage of the opportunities that they are giving you and the help that they offer. And for Nick Saban to come out and have such a stern message when another coach at his same university did not have that same tone, I'm not saying that the two instances are at all related. I'm not saying they're on the same level. This is obviously, though, a very different tone from two coaches at the same school. And that, in and of itself, will always have some significance when two coaches from the same school have such different handlings of situations. All right, we'll keep you updated on any breaking news we get. But coming up, why the NCAA is absolutely falling in love with one city that dominated college basketball once upon a time. That's next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Houston fans jumping up and down. The Houston Cougars on to the Sweet 16 for the fourth consecutive season. Sound courtesy of Westwood One NCAA Radio Network. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Harry, I got to admit, I'm, I'm excited. I'm on pins and needles right now. Supposedly, any minute, we'll see. Supposedly, the great Larry Johnson is going to be joining the show. And it's rare. Like, when Evan usually comes to us and says, hey, you want this guest or that guest? Usually, I'm very, you know me, I'm like, yeah, if Harry's into it, I'm into it. Sure, sure, sure. One of the few <laughs> times, all he got out of his mouth was, uh, Larry John, I think he got John. And before I was like, yep, 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 we'll take him. I mean, you know my fandom. You know I, I grew up in Vegas. You know this era for me, like, uh, this is who's your sports like when I when I say like the athlete that you think of with your childhood that you watched and you thought man that guy is the guy who was that for you? Oh, for me it was Peter Warwick. Oh, I love that call. That's awesome. It was Peter, it was Peter Warwick. I think Peter Warwick is the greatest wide receiver in college football history. Really? Yep. I'm, and, I'm I, and, I, and I actually I actually know him now, and he broke my heart so much because I grew up a Florida fan, and he played at Florida State. But, of course. You know, not the fastest guy, but his cutting ability. He can cut on the dime, and he just made plays, man. He made plays. We got our haircut at the same place, and we was honored in the uh, ACC, I think it was ACC Hall of Fame together as well, and I got to get up there and tell people how much I admired him. So Peter Warwick was that guy for me. Man, when I was a kid and UNLV was UNLV basketball was everything, right? Tark, Larry Johnson, Stacey Ogman, uh, and that team uh, was, was absolutely incredible. And I think for me, part of it was because I moved around this era, right? Like I moved from Vegas after the national championship game, moved to the East Coast, and all of a sudden I was I was far from Vegas. And for me, I think that my part of my attachment is because. 
Vegas was still home. You know what I mean? So it's like mm-hmm. when you're living in a different part of the country, you almost dig your heels in and be like, no, 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 I'm from UNLV. I'm from UNLV. Like that Rebels team, that running Rebels team back then, I think signified everything about Vegas. Like it was glitzy. It was glamorous. They played such a incredible pace. There was an us against the world mentality, which frankly was huge in Vegas. Vegas felt like if you were from Vegas in the 80s and 90s, it felt like it was a little us against the world. Like everybody had a certain presumption around you and like it felt like people really judged you coming from there. So the fact that this there was this star-studded basketball team from that era was incredible. But it's also incredible to think about the fact that back then you couldn't even place bets on teams that played in Vegas. It was illegal because they didn't want anyone to fix anything. And we live in a world now where the Sweet 16 this weekend is in two places, Madison Square Garden and T-Mobile Arena. Like Vegas mm-hmm. has gone from being sort of invisible on the sports landscape to having the Raiders, having the Golden Knights go to a Stanley Cup uh, final in their first year. Uh, They're constantly in conversation with Major League Baseball and obviously with NBA expansion. Every event, Summer League is there. Like It has become a sports headquarters to the U.S. And it's stunning to see that if you grew up around the era I grew up in when it was really the redheaded stepchild that wasn't allowed to play at the grown-ups table of sporting. But it also shows you how like things innovate, though. And as time passes... Uh, a lot of things in our world, you know, it passes up the way it used to be, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. Betting is a is a huge part of every every just about every sporting event, and that's just where we are in the world. But I got to ask you this though, Fitz, who who was your favorite player though? Oh, you're gonna do this on to that me. on that UNLV team. Okay, so because I, I I used to like Greg Anthony. Oh, oh, really? You're a Greg Anthony yeah. guy? Uh, yeah. Greg Anthony really talented. Okay, so fine. I'll admit that, you know, I'm Stacy Augman. Larry Johnson and Stacy Augman man. were absolutely my two favorite athletes as a kid. You could not grow up in Vegas in that era and not be a massive fan of Larry Johnson and Stacy Augman. And by the way, Larry Johnson now joins us 1990 NCAA champion, 91 Naismith College Player of the Year, and also I'm a super fan. Larry, really appreciate your time, man. Uh, we were just talking about Vegas and the fact that there's a Sweet 16 now for a city that at one point felt almost like it was left behind in the landscape because of gambling. For you, as somebody that played there through for so many years, how does it feel as a former player at UNLV to see Vegas finally be embraced as a sports city? Feels great. I mean, uh, we were us who played in Las Vegas at UNLV and grew up here always thought we was a sports city. And uh, Greg Anthony being from Las Vegas and and winning championships at UNLV and going to on to the NBA, we always thought it was a sports city. So it's great to see like uh, the Raiders come to town and the Knights. And, the, and I was better than that. The girls won it this year. You know, the WNBA. The girls won it this year. So you know, it, it's great to see Vegas getting its just due. And I gotta ask you because you know I grew up watching you and Grandma Ma, man, Grandma Ma. You know, with the gold too. How, how did that come to fruition? How did that come about? It was a a, a, a converse ad that they come up with. I tell people um, they wanted to do some uh, that was different from the ordinary shoe commercial at that time. Guys with the basketball dunking the basketball, and they had a marketing department. I was coming out of UNLV. I was twenty one. And their marketing department, they had two guys that was 20 and 21. They was my age. They was young guys, and they just come up with this skit of, you know, putting, you know, instead of, the like I said, the ordinary shoe commercial, they wanted to do something that was catchy and different, and it caught on. It definitely did that. 
We're talking to Larry Johnson, a 1990 NCAA champion, a UNLV icon. Uh, I just, I'm just throwing an icon there. I was, uh, I was at hosting one of our college basketball shows, wearing UNLV gear uh, head to toe. Cause I, I'm from Vegas as a kid. What's it going to take for UNLV basketball to return to some level of national prominence? Well, you know, uh, cool. it's not rocket science. Win, you got to win, and to win, we got to have the talent, right? So, you know, I, things come in place. Like, you know, Jerry Tarkanian was Jerry Tarkanian. So, you know, I thought UNLV in Las Vegas was lucky to be able to grab the man. And, you know, what comes with him is national championships and winning 25, 30 games a year. And, uh, you know, you just got to have the talent and, and, and uh you know, the coaching staff to win. And that's the only way you get back to that, to that status uh, where you in the, in the final, uh, I mean, you're in the sweet, uh, the tournament every year. So, you know, hopefully it get, it get back to where it was. Larry, I want to switch to the NBA. Last night, Julius Randle had 57 points for the Knicks. Having played at Madison Square Garden with the Knicks and being a part of some of the greatest games in that arena, what's the best performance you witnessed at Madison Square Garden? Oh, that's a good one. Witness, uh, man, I hate to say it. Like Julius with the uh, 57, great performance, but that's individual performance. Uh, I'm pretty sure he would want to win the game. So, you know, it's, it's a little watered down when you don't win the game. And uh, I hate to talk to you about that because the greatest performance I've seen, I witnessed up front was Michael Jordan coming to the dark and gave us 55 one time and won the game. So that was probably the best uh, performance I've seen. I've also saw, like, I saw Mel- Carmelo get his 61, I believe, is what he got. I was there for that when Mel- I was sitting on the uh, front row, and he just couldn't miss. And the garden was the garden at that time. You know, we like to say uh, Madison Square Garden is the mecca for basketball, and it proved that night because it was electric when this dude couldn't miss a shot. So it, it, would, it would probably see, be Melo's 60, uh, 61 he got. Yeah, uh, I mean, I got one VHS tape in my entire house for my entire life, and all it says on the side of it is one hundred three seventy three because that was the final score like of UNLV beating like Duke it. for a national championship. Like That's it. That's the only one I, I got. Like my, will there ever be a team in your mind in college basketball that can be to the level of what you guys were that year? Of course, I, I believe so. I mean, uh, right after us, about a year after us, and two years after us, I. Talk to uh, uh, Jalen Rose all the time. Call Jalen Rose, Jay Rose, my little brother. And that that's five five. Uh, I they just didn't stay together. They didn't stay together. You know, I think it was it Weber one and done, and Jalen the year after. They like I think if those guys would have had maybe another year or two together, they could have won two or two championships. And you know, they was running around with their shirt tail out and big shorts on, and Weber wearing number four. Uh, Jalen being left handed like Stacy, they reminded me of us a little bit. And then when my co- when coach over at Arkansas put that that championship team together, and what is it called, forty minutes of hell, they would play defense, pick up ninety four feet. I thought that Arkansas team kind of reminded you and us of you and LV a little bit. They all had chips on their shoulders. You know, if you have a chip on your shoulder, that's it. Was that the Arkansas team? Uh, Corliss Williamson was on. You talking yes, about? Yes, okay, yes. Okay, yeah. They won oh, that. Yeah. They won it. They had that, some yeah. dogs over there. They had some dogs. Her, her over there. <laughs> yes, they did. Yes, they did. Oh, Larry, I know you're in Las Vegas helping Sports Direct TV for business. Big Chicken and the Shaquille O'Neal Foundation as they kick off the most exciting tournament in all of sports. Tell us what you're doing with Direct TV. Well, just here helping uh, support Direct TV for business. And, uh, you know, if you're a basketball fan like I am, 
you know, they offer over 300,000 bars and restaurants and locations around the country where we can go and check out the Sweet 16. And, you know, I've just been here in Las Vegas, and what I'm doing is uh, with DirecTV for Business and Big Chicken, we're making a donation to, you know, Shaquille O'Neal Foundation. You know, I got to take care of the big brother. Uh, Larry, man, it's an honor to get to talk to you. Really appreciate it. Uh, you know, I'm gonna have producer Evan openly shill to get your address. I want I, I need a signed Larry Johnson jersey from the UNLV days. I'll buy the jersey. I just need you to sign it so I can yeah. put it up on my <laughs> office wall behind me for ESPN. Larry, I'm just he is so red I'm right now, Larry. If you can I'm, only see I'm him right you, now. He I'm is talking red. like one of my favorites. Come on now, you can't like the the 45 year old version of me is very happy right now. The 11 year old kid in me is is absolutely dying. Larry, thanks for the time, man. We appreciate Appreciate you. Guys, I appreciate that love. Appreciate it, man. Y'all be safe. I'm just telling you, I, like, I, I'm open. I'm open about it. The one time I was ever starstruck and I couldn't do anything about it was Stacy Augman, and I could have done something about it. Stacy Augman was the bench coach for UNLV against Boise State. I sat there. I never got uh, I never got uh, the chance to get a picture with him. I should have. Dude, you I don't are think red Evan, right now. I don't now. think Evan got the, the address. <laughs> Didn't get any information on Larry Johnson. Evan has failed me. This whole show is just going You are flame. red as I don't know what. <sighs> this is right not now. on me. It's we'll on, break it's on and Evan. discuss this on it's the other side. You are as red as a lobster. You know, you meet your heroes. That's what happens. Who's the one athlete you grew up watching? Who's your Larry Johnson? Hit us up, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We'll get the guys' answers, too, next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. I mean, I'm down 11 pounds in body fat alone. As I was saying. <laughs> I'm down a little over 11 pounds, actually, and just in, in and body you know fat. Don't, 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 body don't, fat number don't, overall don't. is down uh, 16.4% in two months. Whew! I'm telling you, we hit the summer. I won't even have to paint on my abs anymore. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app series, XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly 700 bucks on average. Call or click today. Find out if they could save you hundreds on your car insurance. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Here I am talking to Larry Johnson, one of my childhood idols, one of my legends, one of the reasons I do what I do. Trying to openly shill to get a UNLV jersey. I've got a U. I've got a signed eBay or a saved eBay search just to get a UNLV jersey so that I can get something vintage retro for Larry Johnson. Did Evan get any information where we could get it signed though? Did he? Did Evan help me out, Harry? Did Evan come through for me? No. Oh, why no, do I have not. to be in the middle of Evan, this? Evan, Evan, uh, Evan lost the call before we got how, anywhere. How is this in any way my fault? A, you waited till the very end of the interview to ask him about That's it. That's the professional thing to do is to wait till the end of the interview, right, especially because he was a couple minutes late. You know? But the only reason we got him on was for this reason. There was nothing else pressing that we had to ask him about. <laughs> One. Two, you were like in the middle of doing it and then you were like, Evan's going to ask for your address. Yeah. Like, how else no. you want, like, How else were you going to do that? I didn't trust you. Here. I didn't trust you. What's the best way for me to get you this jersey <laughs> you so that even you get, can sign All you it? said was, uh, thanks so much for coming on. Like, why'd you lead with that? Why didn't you lead with, hey man, it's Evan. How can we get this jersey? That's what I would have led with. I mean, that's, that's what wow. I would have led with. I, I cannot believe this. This would be like going to a bar and you being like, I don't hey, go to bars. I I'm don't drink. really interested in this girl. Evan's oh. going to come up to you later and ask oh. for your phone number for me. And oh. I don't get the phone number for you and you blame me. Like, that's oh. literally what you did. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you this. Oh, exactly what I'm you gonna did. I'm going to tell you this. For years oh. on the road, 
All I had to do was go up as the wingman for my friend. All I had to go up to, and this this worked every time. I won't say for who, but this worked every time. You walk up to a bar. I, especially at the time, like I walk up to somebody in the bar and I say, hey, we'll use Devin as an example. He's single. I walk up to a girl in the bar and say, you know what? My friend Devin over there, he's really shy. I've never seen him shy like this. Oh, hell no. But he's shy. Meet with that. Oh, every single time Devin left with the person that I was sent to go say hi to. I'm just telling oh, you. Oh, you cannot lead with that in 2023. As soon as you go to a woman and say, hey, my friend over there, he's shy. The first thing she may say to you, then why would I, want, why would I be interested oh, no, in no, him no, if no, he's no, shy? No, no, you, no, because it's, you see, it depends. Like when, if, you're, if you're looking for a nice lady that's looking for a nice guy, all you got to do is walk up and be like, my friend Devin's super shy. And all of a no, sudden. No, women, I, women, especially 2020, they like confidence. They that, like confidence. That's not even what Fitz did. Fitz had the entire conversation with her and then left and said, my buddy Evan's going to be back to get your phone number for me. That is, oh, that, that is what you did. So famous people do that all the time. Famous people do that all the time. You know, hey, uh, they'll, they'll take care of the rest of the business. I left you to close the sale. I took care of everything else. All you had to do was come in as the closer and just like three pitches and be out. And then you got none of them. Right. Did you even say, did you say anything to Larry Johnson other than uh, thank you so much? Did was you? There, yes, I did. I, you know what? This, I'm telling you. I can't I'm trust. sexy and you know I can't it. trust don't, the show at all. I can't trust the show at all. De- Devin's just sitting here laughing. Like, like you, you collateral damage, too. I'm loving all of this. Keep going. <laughs> collateral damage. I don't even know what to say here. Uh, let's go to Toussaint, Virginia. Toussaint, Virginia. Uh, the, the sports hero for you that you absolutely can't wish you could meet. Who is it? Uh, Penny Hardaway. Growing up, I had like over... 500 collectible cards with him and being him like I tried to emulate my, my game on, on on what I saw how he played you know I, I would love to have meet him <laughs> uh, see see, I love well, that big penny a little penny I just been violated Okay. Uh, one thing that's really cool, by the way, about Penny, if you go to any Memphis game, even road games, he sticks around and, and signs autographs for people afterwards. I've seen it a couple of times when I've seen Memphis on the road. He does a nice job. See, uh, you know, he stands there and signs autographs and he's super kind to people, just like Larry Johnson was here. Larry Johnson, super kind to, to you know, to us. You know what? Just, Let me text Larry and see if he can. You don't have Larry's here. phone. I, mean, I swear to God, if you get in there and text Larry Johnson. Oh, and now you're talking down on me. Uh, Isn't that something? Well, I would hope that if you had it, you would have already shared it. Kenny and Carlin coming up next. They won't get me Larry Johnson either. You've been listening to the Fitz and Harry podcast. You can listen to the guys live weekdays from noon to three Eastern on ESPN radio. And you can watch on the ESPN app.